I was out. I was uh, just chopping firewood with my neighbor. Nice. Yeah. With an axe. Yeah. Was your neighbor Ron Swanson? Pretty solid start, John. Welcome to another episode of Real Men with Imaginary Issues. I'm Corbin. Who are you guys? Clayton. This is Adam. (laughs) And this is John. Uh, This week we're going to get into some listener emails. Uh, Then we got some horror flick scenarios for you guys. Horror? And then... Yeah. Horror. 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 Two two syllables. Um, we're going to get into um, – I've got some personal questions to ask you guys. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then we'll get into a badawa. I need to share this with you all. At 2.30 this morning, I got an email to our podcast email. And I'm going to read it to you in its entirety. I think uh, we are hitting a whole new target audience than we first expected. Oh, gosh. All right. Here's the email. Dear Gentlemen – Coming out is rough at any time in the current zeitgeist in America for married men debating whether it's worth it to come out, and that makes it much more challenging. That's why Married Men Coming Out, the ultimate guide to becoming the man you were born to be, is launching at a most important time. The book provides comprehensive coverage of the myriad of issues faced by a married man choosing to finally come out. And there's a big list of issues. I think we all know those. Yeah, I get that. Essentially, this book is about authenticity in the evolution of personal identity when a man who is previously identified as heterosexual and married finally comes to terms with his true sexuality and chooses to support with conviction who he really is, a gay man. <laughs> um, married Men Coming Out is now on Amazon. Uh, you can follow this guy on Twitter. I hope you'll find this book worthy of reading, sharing, and helping to make more visible no other how-to book of its kind exists to support the many married men desperately seeking help in coming out. Thank you for your time. And that's wow. from David. Now, hey, so which which email did that get sent to? Uh, our questions. <laughs> questions email. Wow. So, all right. The takeaways here is... What was the question? It, it was more of just like a, hey, you guys are real. You, this is real. I'm going to blame well, the dark web. <laughs> that seems like a dark web type of thing. Like, I know that hacker bots are real. I saw them in Reboot when I was a little kid, so I know that those are in computers, and maybe a hacker bot just it saw it saw like a an open email and said I can I can spam them. It sounds like spam. So so this was a this was an issue I figured would come up at some point because our website and our Twitter account is just real men issues. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that's right. There's so your problem. if someone just sees that and doesn't like look into what what's on the website or what you know anything about that, they're like, oh, this is where real men come to talk about their real issues. Man, those was issues wrong. being a married gay man. I read this at six thirty a.m. First thing I woke up and and man, it got me, guys. I was not but, expecting to read this from <laughs> that email account. It was. Uh, uh, 
So it's from David at at what email account? Or maybe we shouldn't give his email. Don't don't give his email. Yeah, but he did just get some free advertising. Yeah, I mean we're helping him out. Yeah, guys, okay. go check out the uh, what's the name of his book? The book is Married Men Coming Out: An okay. Ultimate Guide to Becoming the Man You Were Born to Be. Should I follow? Should I follow him back on Twitter? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Do you have question? Do you have our email address on our Twitter account? No, but it is on our website. Okay. So he went to Real Man Issues, found all right. Maybe he list. Maybe he's been like an avid listener and was like, "These are going to be the guys to get the word out." Maybe well, he recognizes our potential. Yeah. But I you just, know? I think, I think we shouldn't necessarily shy away from this demographic. Like we're hitting a good, a new demo here that we didn't intend. You know, we thought it'd be like dumb millennials like us who just want to listen to this. But mm. this is a huge group. Like we could get a lot, a big support system probably. I, they wouldn't know what they're supporting, but we'd have them. Should we discuss topics that would appeal to that demographic? Maybe we could just pepper some stuff in. We'll try that this episode. Now, one thing I did appreciate is this guy's name was David, because most of our other emails have been from, like, Arugula, or, like, some really weird name. I don't think people would typically use their real names when they send us emails. You know, that's probably the actual answer, but just shut up, Clayton. And... <laughs> We have another. We have another question from Greg. I know a Greg. We all actually know Greg. He's I've actually given a shout out to Greg on a previous episode. Now, okay. There's a lot of grammatical errors in here, guys. I, I'm going to chalk it up to autocorrect on a cell phone or something. Then here, you need to do this. Then you need to you need to correct the incorrect autocorrect. I'd actually just appreciate if you read it like Greg would say it. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. I'm I'm not going to do that. <laughs> oh, okay. I will read it verbatim. No, I won't. I'll read no. it corrected. Just, All just right. give us, right. yeah. yeah. Hi, guys. My name is Great. Uh, I already messed up. <laughs> <laughs> His name isn't, is Great. Greg is Great. Okay. Let's rewind that. <laughs> okay. That took less Hi than guys. three seconds. Hi, guys. My name is Greg. I've experienced portions of my life with you all. So I have wet myself as an adult. <laughs> That's not grammar. <laughs> That's just weird sentence placement. All right. I.e. over deployment on accident, uh, an alcohol evening, and one time at the range. I just peed in uniform as I was zeroing my weapon. Greg is, uh, he's serving in armed forces, so never forget. Good context. Thank you, Greg. We had waited hours to get on the line to shoot, and if I got out of the line, I would have lost my spot, so I just peed. Now, it had been raining on and off all day, and I was already wet, my uniform and boots, so I just went knowing I would need to dry. As a man, nope, as a man, is there any other time that you could justify wetting yourself? There or is. Or is that not even all right to do what I did? Um, and again, that is from Greg, aka Chocolate Thunder. Lol. That's a good question. It is. I actually, Greg. Thank you. When you when you ended up at it, I think it's a perfect thing for us to discuss. Yeah. So if you weren't following, the question is pretty much: When is it justified to pee your pants, mm. or is it? Okay. Well, obviously, um, to defend an elementary school kid's honor would be one acceptable situation. Know, can a, you explain that scenario? That's just that's just Billy that's just Billy Madison. 
So that's it. That was the easy one. That one's out of the way. Movie reference aside. Uh, first off, all right, can we address Greg's question of whether or not it was acceptable, his uh, urinary Oh, at the example? range? Yeah. His example? Yeah. yeah. It was raining. It was, he, yeah, it was raining. And he he's was already wet. I would say if you are ever in a position where you're soaked completely from head to toe, acceptable. That's why the pool, the ocean, everyone can pee. It's if, okay. also slip and slide. Also, also he probably was cold and was just fighting pneumonia. It warmed him up. Yeah, so it's smart. I, that was that's, a, that's a scenario. What if you're? What if you're in the desert, a cold desert at night? Is pouring down rain. Okay, it's not a desert. <laughs> you're, 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 you're in the Amazon. Describing the opposite of a desert. Cold the and opposite rain. of a desert. And yeah. you're cold, the but ocean. you really have to pee. I would pee myself rather than than freeze to death. Would mm. would uh, yeah, urine? You might get be... a few few extra minutes. But what if? But what if you lose some of the body heat? What if? What if your urine was up inside you, warming your. Yeah, that's area, and now that heat's gone. I'd ho- I'd hang on to that in that situation. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, not a valid not a valid time, but yeah. a valid time. Corbin, you might agree with this. Is if you have mono. Oh my gosh. And what? That's, me, that's just it. I'll just <laughs> explain. I'll explain what John's referencing. I had mono back in like early high school, late middle school, maybe. And I don't know if you've had mono before, but it just messes you up entirely. Like your whole, everything's thrown off. And John was at my house and I I was recovering. So I was pretty much healthy again, or so I thought. And I was sitting in my computer chair and John's like on the other side of the room. We're just like talking. And then he looks at me. He's like, did you, did you pee your pants? (laughs) And I couldn't, (laughs) I couldn't feel my body doing it. Like I just looked down and I was just peeing. Like I just, wow. (laughs) Couldn't feel it. I just, it just happened. Couldn't control it. Wow, that's amazing! Did so, you short out the computer chair you were sitting in? Did the did the now, water the make like the circuits blow? The electronics <laughs> for the computer aren't in the actual chair. But if it's a computer <laughs> chair, what else no. would a computer chair be? I see what you're doing. Gotcha. The answer is no. <laughs> um. All right. So how about this? Some some guidelines for pee your pants acceptability yeah we need criteria in in this situation you were how old what was your age i was probably like 14 15 okay uh way too old obviously but i would submit this that appropriate or the age the the age limit for peter pants during the daytime i think it's a different limit at night but i think daytime peter pants absolute limit i'd say seven Oh, I don't know. So, th- so there's no reason why you would say it's okay for somebody to pee their pants. So Greg was totally in the wrong. No, there. This is this is initial guideline. It's like a like like tiered tiered levels of uh, acceptability. So okay. to okay. start with, no eight. no crazy situations. All all crazy situations aside, seven years old during the day. I have a counter to your rule. So you said seven in the Broda household. And let's be honest, it was all boys. We just peed all over anything, anytime we wanted, for a long time. Uh, (laughs) The acceptable age of urinating in your bed was the age at which you no longer donned a nightshirt to go to sleep. Um, (laughs) Let me me explain what a nightshirt is, because this is a pretty important thing. Uh, Peggy Broda, 
rest in peace. Um, if she's uh, <laughs> well, she's asleep right now. She's on the East Coast. Okay. Um, so Peggy Burton, my mother, would be upset at me if I didn't at least mention this. But uh, nitrous were very important uh, for some weird reason. When you were a young child, somewhere between the elementary and middle school age, you weren't allowed to sleep in clothes like a normal person. You had to just wear one really big shirt that you got from a Goodwill. For me, mine was this black Marvin the Martian shirt that I wore probably till I was about 12 years old. And uh, I just one day kind of woke up. Uh, or actually, no, we had people over at our house. I remember this. We had a, a couple over at our house. And they were like, hey, what are you wearing? And it was at that age that I realized that this was really weird. Also, I should stop peeing the bed. My my younger brothers kind of stopped wearing the nightshirt earlier in their careers, and uh, I would say that once you're in pants, in you know, once you're not in a in a giant nightdress as a child, you're you're now adult enough to no longer pee the bed. So the tough thing is that no real uh, average American can relate to the Broda family. So, I mean, they can try. I heard you say twelve. Yeah, is that the age you're submitting for uh, for bedwetting? Acceptability uh, to come to an end. That feels old. I I don't want to. I feel like we're going. I think I we're, to include yeah, we're spending way too much time on the on the baseline. I agree. No, I don't. I don't want to include bedwetting. This isn't a question about bedwetting. It's I true. can wet the bed tomorrow. I don't like I don't, adults do it. Old people do it all the time. That's fair. Like I want to, I'm talking about peeing your pants. You're like at the grocery store. Oh. Yeah, peed. You're right. Let's try this again. Let's let me let's rethink. Here's a scenario. What if somebody you hate is giving you a really long hug, and you're like, I just want this to stop. I hate you. I'm gonna pee on you. Okay. Okay. Mm. Better. Mm. That's the right track. At least it's there. There's got to be like a. Um, like, is it worth it? Can you tell your friends you peed on somebody you hated to get back at them for whatever? It, it's got to be some. You have to think about it. It's got to be somebody that you dislike more than you dislike the feeling of having urine all over yourself. I can name Because I dislike that feeling quite a bit. Now, we, uh, we had a, a, friend, a mutual friend of all of ours. Uh, her name's Elizabeth. She peed on a guy once, and he died like the next week. That's true. He peed on several guys. I was peed on a couple so, times. Yeah, she that, peed on Adam by that person at least once. Yeah, that's so a, maybe like maybe she that, hated me. that seems a little violent. Like you, I mean, peeing on someone at the time might seem funny, but in a week it probably won't be as funny. I have a suggestion. Yeah, that's a sad story. Outside of like life and death scenarios where you're in the desert and you're going to drink your pee, or you're in prison and you're using your urine to slowly melt through iron bars i would (laughs) it's a thing it's a thing it was on mythbusters um i would say what about for solving very specific types of problems so Mm. uh what if there was you know a long tube and someone had dropped a peanut down there and you need to get the peanut out you just pee in the tube and the water level Hold on. That's not your pants, though. You know, we're talking about peeing on yourself, wetting oneself. You're talking about just, like, peeing in something besides a toilet, which we do all the time because we're males. I'm I'm tactically peeing most of the time. Right. Guys, I think I got it. I think I got it. Please, help us. What? So, help me out here with, um, what is it with urine and, like, invisible ink? 
Ooh. Is there something? Well, yeah, like you, there's a certain type of ink that you can write on that's triggered by like it doesn't become visible until there's a heat component. And urine could work. Yes, but Here again, we go. okay. Here's my scenario. On your pants, in invisible ink, you write, will you marry me? And then you go to your wife you want to be, and you pee. You just stand there and pee. Man. And she's like, what the? Absolutely. (laughs) Corbin, that is hands down the most romantic thing I've ever heard in my life. Case closed. (laughs) Case closed. So I think that's the answer to Greg's question. That's absolutely an acceptable situation. Anytime you are covered in water head to toe, uh, defending a child's honor, and... Trying to get away from bears. Proposing. And, yeah, proposing to someone. So, Halloween's coming up here pretty soon, guys. Wow, Corbin, look at you. Right on theme, got a pirate. I'm, ter- I'm the Terminator. Yeah, an I'm iPad. Terminator with that one. Oh, nice. Smart. I'll be, with, I'll be right back. Is that what uh-huh. you said? Yeah, I'll be right. I'll be right back. I'm the Terminator. Uh, Corbin had a red, I think, soda pop lid uh, in his eye, like a monocle. Yeah. For our listeners who couldn't see what we saw, so we on the show are we we like to dig into different scenarios. I think you could say put ourselves in situations that same sex marriage. <laughs> uh, that could be a scenario. I'm just peppering in for the audience. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going, Clayton. Man, that's, that's really good uh, demographic targeting. Um, okay, to stay on theme with Halloween that's coming up in just a couple days, if my watch is correct and if uh, we get this episode uploaded like I think we will, let's take, a look at some, let's take a look at some common horror movie scenarios, put ourselves in the position of the protagonist, and discuss what we would do in their shoes. Or maybe it's better said... What they should have done, mm. like in almost every instance of a, of a horror movie, the protagonist is just not intelligent with their actions. So let's let's talk about the the correct the correct plan of action. Here's an example. Let's start with this one. The movie reference would be when a stranger calls. Okay, you're in a house babysitting for I think two kids, and you are being stalked by. With both phone calls and some, like, creepy stuff happening in the windows and whatever by some sort of predator-like hooded figure. What do you do in that situation? Are we being inserted into the situation at an instance, or are we kind of... Are we the main character the whole time? You p- Plug let's, yourself... Let's say main character the whole time. Okay. So I guess, yeah. Yeah. I, the, the, the stage is set, okay? You, you've got this predator-ish person who is... Man. You're getting phone calls. You're seeing weird stuff. You're trying to babysit, but like the, you know, whatever. I think I can't remember what the line is. That there's a popular line that they say. Like I, I'll be I'm, back. <laughs> that, uh, I'm watching yeah. you, or something. Something along those what? lines. I'm watching. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, that's that's the, the stage. Babysitting two kids is a little bit difficult. That's that's kind of annoying because, like, one kid you just carry the kid and start running or something. You know, mm-hmm. two kids. Yeah, that adds another layer. And I there's think like, two kids is actually better. Well, there's a baby. There's a like a one that's really young, and then there's like a, you know, more uh, elementary age, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, here's what I would do. I would first try to communicate with the person, the the being, whatever. I would write on paper and stick it against the window 
write my questions, you know? Yeah. Okay. And then hopefully they also have paper and pen that they can do it back. You could leave a piece. Or they by could the just call. Seal. I guess there is a phone. Just talk it out. So you're yeah. so you're you're banking on being able to yeah talk it out with this stranger who we think is trying to kill you by yeah. pen and paper. Now the- ideally. Ideally, it's gonna be it's gonna be in English. But if we have to do like an arrival situation where I have to learn a new language, that might take a while. But I'll do it. Um, but once I find their motive, then I'll deal with it from there. If they're looking to like kill me, then that's a whole different situ- situation. If they're looking to kill the kids, they can have them because they're not mine. I don't care. <laughs> now, uh, I I haven't met a lot of killer stalker types, but. The ones that I have met, they don't really have much of a prerogative to communicate with the people that they're trying to kill slash stalk. Like, I don't like. Why would he answer you back? Well, that's what I'm saying. Because if it's not me, I'll help him out. Oh, I see. Oh, oh. So you want to? I'll up make with their him. job easier. You want to team up with like, him? Yeah, I'll I'll tell you where the kids are staying. Mm. Yeah, gotcha. If I'm if I'm if I'm in the clear, have okay. no fear. Sacrifice the kids for the sake of yourself. Yeah. Noble response. Yeah. <laughs> What else? You didn't do we tell have? me. You didn't tell me anything about these kids. They're faceless beings to me. I don't. They're just blobs. I think they're, they're, yeah, they could be muffins is. to you. I think we should they're mention mu- the obvious one that okay. if there is a phone that works in this cabin or wherever there you are, there never is. There never is. That's well, the you thing. just got a phone call on it. It's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's you can only accept incoming oh, calls. So that's okay. what's so creepy. You haven't, about you haven't it. paid for outbound. Oh. Well, that is a it's only one really inconvenient piece of technology you've got there. Well, that's for some reason, that's the piece of technology that they have in all of these movies in this particular situation. Yeah, so yeah. no SOS calls unless it's with fire. That's fair. I think I would, in my head, I'm stuck between two two decisions. The first one is, like, just try to get the kids in the car and drive away. But that doesn't seem very fun. Like, if I'm a girl in this situation, I'd probably go for that. But if I'm me in this situation, I'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after this person. So I think I would go with the unpredictable route and just try to do something so off the wall that they would never see it coming. Burn the house down. <laughs> <laughs> would they? Yeah, I'm not going to say that second part. What okay. if, Adam, on, on that, what if you, like, yeah. set up a honeypot situation where, like, you put one of the kids like out on the deck, yeah. But really, you had a sword. I like where your head is. I like where you're. You're all spidery on top okay. of the deck, yeah. Waiting to jump down as he grabs the kid. Yeah. I do. I do think that going on the attack. Yeah. Being the aggressor yeah. is absolutely the direction that I feel like I would go in. Whether so, okay, it was... but the, the problem with that, Clayton, the problem with that is he he kind of like right now this guy or whoever yes. has the upper hand. He knows you and the babies are in the house. Oh yeah, right for sure. And so if you go if you go on the offensive, you have to you have to go on stealth offensive. You know, yes. like turn all the you lights need off. To, you need to make sure he doesn't know where you are as best as you can, so he doesn't have the op- uh, upper hand. And so you have even to if you, really, gosh, you got to hope he doesn't have night vision goggles because if he does, that's like you tough. can't run out of the front door or just night vision and try to general. fight some guy who you have no idea where he is. It's true. It's tricky. I definitely think that that using the kids as bait is is probably one appropriate path. You take. should you should you should put pillows underneath the the bed the bedding on every single bed. So Clayton, I think let's be bait. let's be super Deception. clear. 
you, you mentioned that we've received one-way telephone calls, crazy enough as that is, um, and you also mentioned that we've seen, like, a figure outside the window. Is yeah. that correct? Okay, so... Yeah, sort of, I think sort of what, shadowy, but yeah. What we need to be really clear on is what exactly did you see? Because if I have, if I look outside oh, no. the window and it's, you know, like a five-year-old girl with a dress on... I'm done. No, that's not. That's I'm not what's out. Here. You can't tell. Like, it's look, like quit. It's like there's just an. Is there's just an orb that's going by? The, the, and you're this, like, what? This whole right. like some kind of deity, right, or like a ghost. I, that changes my reaction. But if it's no, like a dude no, no. with a mask, but you don't on, know. Yeah, you you do you never know for sure. But in this in this frame of mind, this frame of reference, what you're seeing, you are perceiving it as a human being, male that wears. Uh, some sort of sweatshirt with a hood, and you can't see their face. It's like, oh, but, yeah, and you're not on. getting good game yeah, on. And that, that's what it is. We're we're talking. I I have a question. Being. What's the Wi-Fi situation at the house? It was working when you first got there. For some reason, you just cannot get connected right now. And my 4G's out. Oh, of course. No, you remember that no this, this this house? Yeah, this house doesn't have any cell phone service at all. You can only use the landline, which Jeez. you can only receive calls. <laughs> huh. So. Okay, so here's here's my first I feel like this is a parent Here's fail. my first plan item for for doing something super random. I'm going to go with shut the lights off in the house. Number 1. Yep. Right? Shut the lights off in the house. Just leave the kids in the refrigerator or something like that where they can't get out. Uh, we'll put a straw, you know, at the top of it so there's air. Um, <laughs> and then I would yeah. go through the house and I would collect all the bed sheets and I would begin to put bed sheets over every single thing that could potentially look like a person. Chairs, refrigerators. Massive, fo- like a fortland. Lampposts, Christmas trees, mailboxes, Salty the Snowman puff-up dolls for Halloween. Anything that could be a person. I would just <laughs> strewn them about the house so that if this person was to enter, they would have no idea what was going on. And then I would take one of the bedsheets for me... And I would, and I would poke some eye holes in it, and I would start going around the house with my bed sheet on, potentially even going outside, <laughs> and that's where I'd start. But you can't move with the bed sheet. I sure then can. I can you, do whatever the heck I want. Which bed sheet you are? <laughs> what if? What if? Uh, I'm just going to assume this family has a collection of Roombas. What if you put everything that looks like a human with a sheet on it, put a Roomba under it, and just turn them all on, so everything's moving? Sure. Uh, yeah, I like it. Bo- totally like a boom scenario. Boomba. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, Mr. and Mrs. Roomba's house, pretty much. I made a bad joke just bad. now. I apologize. <laughs> I do. I I do think about the home alone situation. That's exactly what I, I think, John. I just heard you mention that. That's exactly what goes through my mind: is booby trapping, home alone, bring it on. That's a different movie. So That's the 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 hard part though is. You're starting, like, right now you're getting phone calls and, like, seeing figures right outside the window. Time. And so the the, the time which you have to set up these booby traps, you're going to be thinking, like, what if he gets in the door right this second, you know? You're going to constantly constantly be feeling like you're running out of time, which is okay. You just, you just got to do your thing, right? You just got to set up the booby traps, keep throwing sheets over things. Yeah. And then hopefully... He waits for you to get set up <laughs> before he attacks. Well, you could dig, you could take up Corbin's 
point and just write on to the window like, hey, can you give me 10 or 15 minutes? <laughs> give me 10 <laughs> just minutes, g- please. Give me a couple minutes. Time out. Yeah. I'm going to use one of my timeouts. <laughs> Take a knee. <laughs> yeah, I think he'd be cool with that. I think he'd be fine with that. Most of okay, these crazy right. people want a challenge anyway, right? So you're only making it more fun for them. All right. Yeah. Let's 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 roll into a different a different movie, different okay. horror movie okay. situation. This is the um, the situation that you would find yourself in in the movie The Shining, which is where you are married to someone that you are currently hanging out with in this giant hotel that is completely abandoned with no communication at all, and you have a child who is like inexplicably at least as far as you know doing some crazy crazy stuff and seemingly communicating with some other being and essentially your child and your spouse are going crazy around you and there's no one around and no way to get out what's your plan of action in that situation i think i'm just gonna go into restrain mode like i'm just gonna grab them tie them up or something try to restrain them but your and then i think your i'm good spouse is like so on the, the edge end. that like as soon as you try to restrain them, they might snap all the way. Like, you think that they might be just, like, teetering on the verge of insanity, but gosh, doing something like that would, like, really so everything them all the way off the edge. So they're, so they're cool. Everything's kind of cool, but you think it's not going to be cool. It's like, they're not, like, crazy coming at you with an axe right now. But Not yet. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's part of the way okay. I should say it. We're not, we're not to the end of the movie. It's just that... You can see them getting crazier and crazier and crazier. Okay. Well, then okay. I'll just do what John was going to say and restrain them, but do it like a snare trap type thing. Hmm. So just know their path. Like when they're going to go work on their book that they're writing, I'll just, instead of a book, there'll be rope there, and then I'll tie them. Hmm. I think there's an interesting thing that happens in The Shining, to your point on the restraint strategy, Right. The, the wife hits the husband, Jack, in the head with a bat and locks him in a – basically a food Freezer. cellar, right? Yeah, yeah. He gets let out of there by something. We're not totally sure if it's a person, if it's some kind of a spirit. So on top of the insanity yeah. family dynamic, you are also experiencing haunting things happening within this, within this hotel inexplicable there's like a naked old lady in a bathtub yeah you yeah you see that at one point i think i would just stay in the freezer that's okay so locking yourself in somewhere that's got food i don't actually think i said freezer i don't think it's actually i think adam i think it's actually like room temperature in there i think it's food storage okay so you could so that sounds feasible you got all the food that you need in there but like what about your kid you've got like this like Six-year-old kid. What do you do with him? You bring him in with you. Why the kid's doing some creepy you? stuff. Yeah, I think so. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, because you're creeped out by the kid. He's oh, okay. like <laughs> writing. He's writing like murder on the walls in in red paint. Now, is this? You said we're the only ones in there. Now, in The Shining, there are lots of other people. Not lots, but there are other people there. No, the only it's it is a total of three people in this giant hotel. Father, wife, son. The only other people that you see are either ghost hauntings or, more than likely, figments of their imagination. 
because they're going crazy. Okay. It's like a right. it's like a cabin cabin fever is basically what what we're talking about here. So you might see them talking to nobody, like having a conversation with a person that isn't existent. Yeah, it, imagine this like a cabin fever situation. So okay, okay, so here's here's my let me let me explain sort of my thoughts on it is that somehow you've got to keep yourself and your spouse and your kid somehow you got to keep things you got to keep sanity alive because everybody is just unraveling mentally yeah it, this so whether it's establishing like from the beginning if you can establish like routines and like maintain as much from your previous life like your normal life like we're going to eat dinner together at the same time and we're going to do this and maybe like keeping your routines alive will help you maintain sanity or bringing some home videos with you so you can like watch and, but some regardless I'm I'm trying to figure out a way that you can maintain sanity levels cuz that's really the that's really the antagonist here is What's crazy is you're describing exactly what happened in the movie. Oh really? I haven't seen it in forever. I like watched this last week. It was nuts. That's But they that's great. <laughs> they go lock themselves in a room and they watch TV. Did they really? Yeah. 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 How did, how does that work the TV's, out for them? The TV's does not plugged in though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe uh, maybe you could use nostalgia to, like, kick them out of their craziness. Like, I just watched a movie called The Kingsman 2, mm. I guess. This is a big spoiler, guys. Sorry, I'm ruining it. Oh, gosh. But everyone, when everyone people, close your ears. When people get shot in the head and die, they can put this thing around their head that, like, preserves their brain, sort of. And... They can save them, but when they come back, they don't have any memory of anything. Like, they go back to, like, a certain point. So they have to show them something or, like, get a, a memory triggered that, like, snaps them out of it and brings them back to normal. So maybe there's a similar thing to knock them out of this crazy mode, but you have to you have to figure out what it is before they snap and kill you, pretty much, right? Mm, yeah. Okay, how about this? Let me change the question a little bit. At what point do you... At what point in the process of watching your child and your spouse go insane, okay... At what point do you say, okay, I need to kill these people? I think I think I just get to the point where I restrain them. Like, I think I'm going to be able to restrain both my child and my wife. So I'm going to, I'm, I don't think I'm going to get to that point ever. I think I'm just yeah. going to try to restrain them and, like, tie them up or lock them in a room or something. I have a, I have a question. I don't want to go off on a different tangent, but let's say okay, your wife and kid got this is like a zombie situation they got bit by zombies so you knew they were going to turn into zombies and they did turn into a zombie would you kill them or would you like try to like keep them confined to an area in hopes that you can find like a cure or something i would like how would you go about that situation i would definitely try to hold them captive against exactly so i don't think you would kill them if they're not zombies agree if they're just crazy like i don't think that would come to a point unless they were like really close to killing me and I had to do it out of like it was my last resort self-defense that's the only way I could do it yeah I think you've got to remove them from the crazy haunted place I think that would try to be like priority one is so bounce the set is what you're saying going back to my bed sheets philosophy I would I would get a (laughs) lot of bed sheets and I would tie them together to make a big old rope and I would just wait until the opportune time, right? That guy falls asleep at his typewriter frequently writing all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. So in one of those sessions, I would just tie him to the chair with lots of bed sheets, and I would stick him in the snowcat, drive him down the mountain. I think that's what I have to do. 
Remove them from the situation. I like it. The kid is pretty creepy, though, so maybe I'd, like, put him in the maze for a little while. I'd consider <laughs> it. Let them let tire themselves out first in the maze. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And catch um, pneumonia. Okay. Last last horror movie situation. This is going to be a la Paranormal Activity, mm. in which, in, in this situation now, all of a sudden, because the previous two was sort of somewhat realistic uh, in terms of it feels like it's humans involved here in paranormal activity or at least in this situation you are witnessing paranormal activity (laughs) you think that's why they named it that i just realized yeah that makes a lot of sense it's hard to describe (laughs) so so things things outside of our realm of understanding we'll just say that you suspect to be demonic activity that is taking place all around you i don't know what else what else happens in that so, so are, are, in your head, are you thinking, or maybe you're wrestling with this, like, are you going crazy versus is there something, like, demonic or paranormal happening? Mm. Yeah, that's probably, at first, for sure. So, at first, at first you're going to deal in situations and you're like, okay, that was probably just a weird coincidence that that book got knocked off that shelf and that TV turned itself on and that dog... Oh, and that girl just climbed out of the... Climbed out of the television. Yes, exactly. Crime, just, crime out. Just normal. Yeah, but but then but then it gets to a point where you're like, okay, this must be truly paranormal. This is this is I I'm not crazy. There's something actually going on right now that's outside of the norm. I think you would have to get a witness. I think it would take me a long time. It would take me a long time to get to that point. Like I think I I would just think I'm going crazy first. Mm-hmm. I feel like until. I feel like something is physically happening to me that I'm not controlling. I will just think I'm crazy. Like, if I'm seeing things, I'll be like, yeah, I'm just crazy. That's a good point. But if, if, if I'm like, if if somebody punches me, if a ghost punches me in the face, then I'm going to be like, whoa, that's, that is not normal. So, do you know people that have had, like, night terrors, right? Like, you can actually be diagnosed with, I guess, some sort of a tendency that... You yeah you dream about crazy stuff and you wake up in the middle of the night and you think that there's you know people possessing you there's there's people that have had stuff like that so I think John is one thousand and three percent correct I would have to get a witness like I would need buddies to come over and verify like hey something's actually happening or maybe the camera right set up the camera maybe film something in the house and then have multiple people watch it and like I'm not making this up this is this is really going on. Establishing the reality would be number one. Mm, nice. That's a good step one. Okay, what if what if you're in a cabin without Wi-Fi and without an outbound phone call machinery thing? Mm. What do you do? So you're now combining horror situations. Yeah, this is, uh, this is good. Yeah, this is paranormal activity in a cabin in the woods. Okay. Yeah, do you lock yourself up? Do you... I think... Dude, I mean, if we're... If we're getting real here, and I'm not going to bring the religion argument into it, it, but if it's a like if it's another worldly spiritual thing, there's no there's no offense for that. You're not going to go punch it in the face. You're not going to light it on fire. You're not going to. I think I think the best thing you could do is probably run. And even even at that, that one be. No, Adam, Adam, you're wrong. Uh-oh. You're wrong. How? How? Let's say you're in the woods. Let's say okay. you're in the woods, okay? You're in the cabin in the woods, whatever. If I'm if I'm experiencing all this stuff, I'm going to wait till it's nighttime. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to look for a tree that has a portal to the upside down. Oh. I'm going to go in there, 
full offense in my hazmat suit that I also have in this cabin. Smart and I'm going to go Stranger okay, so Things. You're, you're saying this is a 4D type of a situation, and there's an entrance yeah. somewhere. Corbin, Corbin, can't yeah. tell you what I thought you were going to say. You can tell me anything you want. I thought you were going to reference your um, your reaction anytime you get scared by anything, which is to just punch it in the face. That's a good <laughs> point. So I'm just constantly punching. <laughs> you're getting a great Tybo workout. Do you think it's possible that the paranormal activities were actually just prequels to Stranger Things? Is it possible that the people just were really stupid Whoa. and didn't figure it out? I'm going to go with yeah. That's some fan fiction. Someone's written that fan fiction. I'm going to guarantee it. I'm going to Google yeah, it. Yeah, because, I mean, Stranger Things, Keep like, talking. stuff was coming out of the walls. Electricity was j- just flickering, just, just dancing around. There's a lot of weird things happening. And it was someone from another dimension trying to communicate with our dimension, which yeah. which could be labeled led to believe. as paranormal. So maybe – so you think it would be a prequel or do you think a postquel? What do you call that? Oh, I guess if the year was like the 1980s or something like that, maybe a maybe it's a prequel. Sequel. Uh, so maybe – because who's, who's the chick that's still stuck in the dark side? Okay. Barb, is it Barb, maybe really? That's, that's maybe Barb. Wait, is she dead? I think spoiler. This whole thing is spoiler alert. So. I don't know. Who knows, man? I just am saying she's. I think maybe still in the dark side, and maybe Barb is the one who's haunting them in Paranormal Activity. Now, guys, Ooh. I just looked up uh, Paranormal Activity fan fiction crossovers, and I did not find any for Stranger Things, but I did find one for Hannah Montana. <laughs> Please read it. <laughs> And and one for Digimon. Whoa. Digimon paranormal act. That I don't I guess, get. Hannah I Montana, guess the, obvious. The, also, also Glee. <laughs> oh, man. I guess the bad guy from Stranger Things does kind of look like a Digimon, now that I think of it. That's, the crossover was to paranormal activity, not to Stranger Things. We made the crossover between Stranger Things and paranormal activity. Correct. Which I think is worth a write-up. If anyone's got the spare time. Yeah, Corbin, can you post? This Hannah Montana Paranormal Activity crossover is three chapters already. Wow. Who has the time for that? Apparently, Dr. Doom 2006 <laughs> is the author. I've ever gotten into one of these like crossover pieces, but I'd be really curious to hear... I mean, the only crossover piece that I remember getting really big into was how um, Pitch Perfect was a giant conspiracy about 9-11... That's not a cross. No, this is fan fiction. Okay. So these are people making stuff up, their own like stories based on like shows or movies. Mm-hmm. So get, we'll just do an example real quick. Give me a show or a movie that just a random one. Cool Runnings. The Price is Right. <laughs> Price is Right. Um, tr- uh, no Cool Runnings. How about Air, um, Air Bud? Oh, there's got to be some <laughs> Air Bud crossovers. Airbud, there's eight of them. Oh nice. wow! Um, how about Airbud and uh, Donkey Kong Country? It's a video game. Power Rangers. Wow! So somehow they they these combine the un- really cool. They combine stories. the universes into one. They, like they take these two different and they connect. Yeah, they connect them. And someone writes like a story about it. Oh, we should do that. So it's it's like it's like Capcom or Marvel or whatever they do that with all those. Mm. Comic can I books, can yeah. I guess? It's like Alien versus Predator. Can I guess versus how, uh, fan fiction? Can I guess how Airbud and Power <laughs> Rangers end up being related? You can, but there's five chapters and not going to read any of it. So go <laughs> okay, for it. Well, then I'd we'll like just to say that I'm guess. right. 
The, okay. the little kid, Tommy, who owns the Airbud Golden Retriever. I don't remember his name, but I think it's Tommy because Tommy grows up to be the Green Ranger and the White Ranger and the Black Ranger. Tom, Tommy's, the di- <laughs> Tommy's the diverse one. <laughs> they all are named Is the dog... How long does a dog live? Is he is he, is he around for the Power Ranger years? Yes, here's the crazy part. The dog, Air Bud, dies. <laughs> <laughs> hang hang with me. Dog dies in the final in the final movie, which is Air Bud, I think it's episode 31. Dog dies, but at that time, so the last episode takes place in the future in which the technology that exists turns Air Bud into a personality he doesn't have a body per se oh yeah but he has a mind and a face and his name is zordon zordon that is good whoa that took a turn i was not ready guys i kind of want to do a whole episode based on fan fictions i would i would be i think we could we could definitely build an episode out of fan fiction there's no, honestly, guys, whenever you have free time, fanfiction.net, just pick a movie. You can pick, um, hold on, not just, they got books, movies, cartoons, musicals, comics, games. Like, real quick, real quick, let's, uh, let's just look at Halo. There's 2,761 fanfiction crossovers on Halo. Holy cow. We gotta go find the most ridiculous ones. Uh, what are you guys looking at? Uh, Halo and Kim Possible? Sure, that's on here. <laughs> Three of them. Wow. Uh, are, are there any wild thornberries on there? Uh, you know what, John? There probably is. But yeah, it's totally. And the thing is, fan fiction is. I mean, it's imaginary, so it's up for discussion. That's very. I'm gonna go find some ridiculous stuff. I got. I got a couple. I got a couple personal questions to ask yes. you guys. Uh-oh. I want the listeners to get to know you guys a little better. I. I also want to know this. Are you guys cilantro lovers, or does it taste like soap to you? That's my first personal question. Soap. Huh. Yeah, it's a thing. People think cilantro tastes like soap. So I knew for me, I, I knew people didn't like cilantro. I didn't know that was why. Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's a weird thing where you, it just tastes like soap to people. It, huh. So I actually I have experience and I've had the thought process. Here's my thing with cilantro: if it has been cooked into the food or added to like a broth or a whatever, some sort of process to like break it down a little bit. I'm way on board with it. Like in pho is an example. Like put okay. it in there. But I had cilantro just straight up fresh cilantro on like a something. I can't remember what it was exactly. Taco. And I – it was distinctly not tasty. I did not want it on there. So I think I'm a soap person if it's fresh cilantro. See, I'm, okay. I'm cool with cilantro in either respect. Like I, I mm. love it. Ugh. We're going to Peru in a couple months, and they pretty much put that crap on everything. They blend it into a little green sauce, mix it with uh, some jalapenos, yeah. and they stick it on everything. And I'm I'm excited for that. We put it on things uh, cooked in and and raw, and I have never gotten the soap taste. I actually like the smell better than I like the taste. That's good, you're a lucky person. Yeah, I just like the way it smells. Yes. So, as long as it keeps smelling good, I'm going to keep putting it on my food. Well, I think taste is like 70% smell, so... Yeah. Corbin, so I guess you're not a soap person since you didn't know that was a thing. No, I, I'd never heard of that. And cilantro, I'm... I mean, I don't like a lot of it, but I'm I'm not like, oh, take leave the cilantro off, or I can't. Yeah. I, I'm, 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 uh, I'm all about it. Like, I want... 
I want my wife to get me a bouquet of just cilantro. <laughs> like that's my version. Would you of just chomp like the whole all the leaves like a horse? Would you just take a big old bite? <laughs> I would just. I just would. I just want to smell it. Like I want to go to bed and like oh. sprinkle cilantro leaves around. Whenever you can be on to something, man. Smell that as I go. Hey, to bed. next next big formal event that you're a part of, you should have your wife get you a cilantro boutonniere. <laughs> Ooh, they'll be like, uh, who smells like soap? <laughs> or or smells like a delicious herb. taco. Interesting. Okay, really next personal us. question. There's another thing. There's another thing that I don't understand. We should be able to... This is something I read about, and, and we should be able to figure this out. I've heard... So, so you know, at least for me personally, and for most people, I feel like when you have asparagus, your urine smells funky after you eat asparagus. Oh, yeah. So I've heard that either some people... It doesn't have that effect, meaning they can eat asparagus and it doesn't change their urine scent. Or, for some people, they don't smell the weird scent that comes off the urine, so they don't think that it changes their urine scent. Mm. So I'm a I'm a I'm an asparagus funky scent smeller. Absolutely. Do you guys do you guys smell the funk? Yes, like and abnormally quickly. Like within fifteen minutes of eating asparagus, <laughs> if I go pee, it's moved through that fast. I don't know how it works. My okay. my yeah. pee naturally smells terrible, so like I don't know if there's a difference. Also, I don't like when it, I don't like I guess concentrate on it. Like be like, oh okay, next time I pee, I'm definitely gonna try to smell it hard. Like I don't. So, but <laughs> see, for me, it's it really. I mean, it stands out, and I eat a lot of asparagus because I love it, mm. and it is extremely obvious and i would i feel like if i was like in a urinal with three dudes on either side of me it's so potent that i feel like they would all be like oh hey (laughs) i know what you had for lunch i don't eat enough asparagus to have this register on my memory man for for me and it sounds like clayton it's it's I'm yeah. so aware. Like it is after I eat, it's like, yep, yeah, I had. Asparagus. Are you guys eating asparagus a lot? I, I mean, mean, is I've that a couple times a week or where? I probably eat asparagus. Oh, I haven't had asparagus. I just in had it a month or two, maybe, maybe I more it, than I had that. It three days ago. Whenever I'm like just put, making some chicken, like on you know in a pan yeah. or something, I'll throw some asparagus in there. Why not? All right, guys, let's let's uh, get to the badawa. All right, this is the the daily. I ask you what this word Do means it. weekly. Ask you what this word means. You guys try to guess it. This one, you guys might have heard. At least, it's a useful word. It's not a really random definition. Here is the word: gorgonize. This is pretty easy, right? What's the country of origin? I I know what I think whenever I hear that. Yeah, it's pretty obvious to me. Yeah, so just let the let the listeners um, know. It's got to be a verb. John, don't confirm. I don't want you to confirm. It's a verb. I know it in my heart. Okay. I know what it rhymes with. So I'll mean I'm going to go first, and I think I'm saying the obvious. To gorgonize would be to organize your gorgonzola cheese. It's absolutely <laughs> that, Clayton. That's easy. I mean, you do it by size and whatever. However, however you want to gorgonize is your. You can gorgonize by your size discretion, but that's what you're organizing gorgonzola cheese. Um, can I can I can I interrupt you real quick? I texted Adam's brother. When did you stop wearing night shirts? 
And he said, a weatherman in the Grand Canyon told me once, it's all about the feel. So that's how I knew when the time was right. Wow. We each had our <laughs> own very personal experience. Mine was being humiliated by a, a, a 12-year-old girl. His was uh, talking to a wise old man in the canyon. Experiences, man. You guys have lived some life. Um, yeah, we have. Adam, did you have a, did you have a different um, definition, an incorrect one, albeit, but do you want to try to... Yeah, Clayton, I think you kind of said the the easy answer. My mind goes to a couple of different places besides that. Uh, in the show Star Trek, there is an evil alien species called the Gorgon. I think I think the actual it's a Gorgon is the name of the species, but if like if there's one of them attacking you, they call it a Gorn. It's like extremely slow but extremely strong. So as soon as it like catches up with you and touches you, it'll kill you. Anyway, long story short, um, where my head went is like a space ray that if you were to shoot at somebody and to transform them into a Gorgon. Mm, you've been Gorgonized. You've been Gorgonized. Okay. Okay. Now, my answer was going to be what Clayton said, organizing your Gorgonzola. So I'm going to go a little different. That's actually close to Adam's, and I'm really, really stretching on this one, but I think it's when uh, somebody gets turned into a gargoyle. Ooh, okay. So they like maybe someone just happens to be perched on the edge of a building, mm-hmm. and someone goes, "Gorgonize," and they turn into a stone gargoyle. That's pretty good. And they organize their gorgons all of them after yeah. after, after they've done that. So gorgonize, I liked Clayton and half of Corbin's definition the best. Dang. Uh, and I I wish that was the real answer, but the actual definition of gorgonize is to have a paralyzing or mesmerizing effect on, to stupefy or petrify. Into a gargoyle! Into a gargoyle. You nailed it! That's pretty good. I mean, you said the word petrify, even. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So I think Corbin Corbin's won gonna, that one. Corbin will take this Corbin round. is you'll, you'll definitely take this a real smart boy. the winner. Oh, good job, Corbin. <laughs> you did it. I really, I really needed a win. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it. I think we uh, nailed everything we want to talk about. Just quickly before we wrap up, there is a Parks and Rec and Hunger Games crossover fan fiction I found. Cannot wait to dig into that. Worth a reach. It's about Ron Swanson winning the Hunger Games, so <laughs> saddle up. All right. He would. Um, thanks for checking it out. As always, thanks to Luster for letting us use their song, You've Got the Heat. Check them out wherever you get music. And that's going to do it for Season 1 of Real Men with Imaginary Issues. Our initial goal was to have 24 episodes by next Memorial Day, and we're already halfway there. This is Episode 12, so yeah, doing pretty well in that aspect. But we wanted to get a little break to evaluate how things are going, you know, find out how to improve, and because we all have a lot of traveling and, you know, we're all just really busy coming up, so... Coordinating our schedules is, you know, getting pretty hectic with holidays and everything. But, you know, leaving a review on iTunes and everything will help us fine-tune stuff, know what we need to work on and improve. And also let your friends know. If you like the show, if you don't like the show, don't tell anyone, please. Uh, But if you like the show, let some friends know, because the more uh, people who listen means the more feedback, which means a better product for everyone. You know, it's pretty much simple math at that point. Uh, season two is going to start around Christmas. Um, might be the day after Christmas, might be the day before. It'll be around then. But uh, be sure you're subscribed via whatever podcast listening method you use. 
uh, whether it be like Podbean or iTunes or Napster or LimeWire or whatever kids use nowadays. So that way, when the episodes go up, you will be notified. And at some point during the uh, two-month break we have coming up, I'll likely put out a Best of Season 1 episode where I'll just cut up all the best bits from the first 12 episodes, and hopefully that'll hold everyone over until Christmas. But that'll do it for us. Thanks to everyone for all the support. And as we always say, don't forget our motto, eat, pray, live, laugh, love. <laughs>